welcome to Behind the Sofa. Sofa, we review the top 100 horror movies of all time. My name's Ollie. And I'm Kirsty. It's dragging on. <laughs> um, Just stay at home and watch scary movies and then listen to us talk about those scary movies. That's, good. that's the simplest way of getting through all of this. I like your thinking. Yeah. Um, we've been watching a bunch of new stuff though. Uh-huh. What did we watch? The Lodge? We did. What did you think of The Lodge? I quite liked it. Um, so the lodge is uh, like a fairly recent film that came out, and it's uh, it sort of um, mixes that whole you know uh, new stepmother um, meeting her, you know, hanging out with her new boyfriend's f- uh, family and children and everything like that, and it kind of turns it on its head a little bit because she has like a dark past, dark culty past, which is always going to grab my attention. Mm. Um, it's a little like Kimmy Schmidt meets The Shining. <laughs> kind of, just without any form of humour whatsoever. So, oh no, there's no yeah, humour in yeah. there. It's, it's dark. Um, I enjoyed it uh, the same way as I would with, with um, like a lot of the films that we do here. You know, just like, yes, it's good. Yes, I would recommend people watching it. Probably wouldn't watch it again. Watch it once. Enjoy it for what it is. And, and uh, yeah. I think I, I enjoyed it more than you, though. Yeah, I'd heard really big things about it. Like, people were like, oh, it's as good as Hereditary. And I was like, right, well, let's get straight into this then. There's a... I'm not going to say what it is. Something happens in maybe two-thirds of the way through the movie. And after that, I was like, nope, I'm out. <laughs> there's a there's a twist. And all of a sudden, I just thought, oh, really? Mm. It, I did not like the twist at all. Yeah. Um, I thought there were more interesting ideas mm. um, that they could have gone with that would have, you know, made it for something like Hereditary. But, mm, yeah. you know. I it... can see why there's the parallels between the two, though. Oh, yeah, you know definitely. What I mean? It's just got the vibes to it, and there's, like, certain bits that... Uh, I mean, I don't know about, like, the production timelines and how they fit together or anything like that, but there's, like, a lot of bits I was like, hmm... Yeah, they seem what? quite. Yeah, like with yeah. the doll's house and yeah, all that yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. stuff. I was yeah. like, Ooh, there's a whole, okay. there's a doll house that kind of like pay, plays a, a part throughout the film, which kind of makes me think of like the little dioramas in Hereditary. So I don't yeah, know whether sure. that's why people were making those connections or not. But I never, I think it ha- does have a, a vibe. Yeah. That you know, this kind of like architectural house, everything, and which is very you know similar to how it is in Hereditary as well. Like this, the locations where all the action takes place seem kind of similar. Like the, you know, one sitting like dead of winter. Yeah. But yeah. for the there's something about the way it's shot. There's definitely something about like the atmosphere to it that I think is a little bit hereditary. Yeah. But it just does not stick the landing at okay. all. Okay. Which, as I've said before a thousand times on this podcast, horror movies uh, with Generally. good endings <laughs> are as rare as hen's teeth. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like. I could pretty count on two hands the amount of films where the the you ending is like oh wow yeah. what what they didn't yeah. you know they didn't cock up the ending at all um, <laughs> but yeah so that was one I'm trying to think of anything else we've watched recently mm, mostly paranormal videos on YouTube oh it's yeah it's a fun way to spend a day a lot of a uh, lot of EVP ghost box <laughs> SLS camera 
nonsense, absolute horseshit. Love it. But uh, <laughs> enjoyable horseshit, all the same. Um, but that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about my choice for uh, a non-list movie that I think maybe should, you know, maybe has a place in the top 100. Yeah. Now, it's a movie that we'd never seen before. Yeah. So we're both going, like, sight unseen. Yeah, I mean, I'd read the book, which the film is loosely, very, very loosely based on the book. There's a lot of differences. Um, like, the main sort of bare bones of the story, I think. Uh, I, I read it a very long time ago, and I remember it disturbing me quite a bit. Um, so, yeah, but uh, Joe Dante, the director, who also did uh, Gremlins, Gremlins 2, The Burbs, uh, Piranha. We've not even um, said what movie it is. I'm, I'm yeah. sure everyone's guessed by the title that's on the podcast. But uh, <laughs> Yeah, we're reviewing The Howling. Yeah, week, we're talking so. about The Howling. Yeah, so, um, yeah, there's... there's it, it, we hadn't seen it. Like I said, I'd read the book, but I uh, could only remember, like, the most sort of intense, punchy bits of the yeah. book. So... But yeah, from reading up, it's it's very loosely based. Joe Dante said that he didn't actually like the book all that much, <laughs> which is a bit rude. So, yeah. <laughs> Speak truth to power, though, Joe Dante. Yeah, I love Joe Dante. He's, uh, I've heard a bunch of interviews with him. He always seems like a good dude. Yeah, loves his. You know, he's very much of that like uh, Forrest Ackerman, like that kind of like famous monsters of movie land sort of those 50s B movies that's kind of like his bread and butter that's what he was raised on and you can definitely see that in the you know in the movies that he's made Gremlins and uh, The Howling and things like that I definitely think there's a he has a style this movie has that Joe Dante dark humour to it I remember there's a there's a bunch of lines in it that I thought were really funny Mm. I can't remember I've written down it's let's be let's be honest with you here people at home we're recording this many days after we watched The Howling for the first time. Well, so we usually do it on the yeah, same day or the day after. <laughs> and there's you're gonna as you're gonna all realise, there's a reason why we uh, normally record on the same day uh, <laughs> because Ollie cannot remember a single thing that happened. But I've got some notes written down here. I like somebody says something. Um, oh, is it they go into um, Eddie the serial killer's house? And he's got like all those pictures up on the wall. Yeah. And one of the reporters said, "Oh, it's like a Marquis de Sade coloring book," which I thought was, <laughs> which I thought was really funny. I was like, "Oh man, that's a good line. I like that." And there's a bunch of other bits and pieces in it. There's um, some really good performances, um, some really great lines. It's got some great character actors in it. Yeah. Um, Slim Pickens. Yeah. Slim Pickens from you know, uh, wet, countless westerns and. Um, Doctor Strange Love and one of the bases that Ollie told me before he's one of one of the oh, yeah. inspirations that is used for uh, the voice of Bender on Futurama which now you know that yeah. you won't be able to unhear it yeah, like, definitely. every time you hear him you'll be like there's a bit of you can hear a little bit of Bender bending Rodriguez in there He's also in um the 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 sexy fox Robin Hood movie Oh, in the oh my god, he's the cockerel guy. The, yeah, the, he's like, oh my god, he's got that. You know, what I mean that guy. I didn't know that was. I him. think he might also be. I may. This is where now I'm going off the rails because now I'm going into speculation because now he's, you're going de- into he's definitely films. he's definitely into Rob- he's definitely in Robin Hood. I'm pretty sure he's one of the bullets in Who Framed Roger Rabbit Amazing. as well. Kirstie's currently totally currently IMDb being right, and now. right now. I'm I'm so I'm I'm gonna say I'm. Seventy-five percent yeah, sure. Yeah, he's in Doctor Strange. Love. He's in Blazing Saddles. Of course, yeah. Um, he's in, he's in the Howling. He's only in, he's only in this for a very small. 
and he's he's great in it. Time, but, yeah. any, but anyway, I feel like um, we're just going to go off on a slim pickings. Yeah, D Wallace as well. Yeah, D Wallace, like classic eighties. Et's mum. Yeah, she is Et's mum. She she was like one of the one of the scream queens, along with like Jamie Lee Curtis and like some of the other um, like leading female actors that we've had in um, some of the movies that we've had already. But she was in like The Hills Have Eyes, she was in Cujo, she was in like a bunch of different things. Yeah, yeah. And, like, yeah she's pretty rad. She and she's up. great in this as well. Yeah. Like I said, I don't think there's a weak performance in the bunch. Mm. Oh, go on. Maybe the husband. Really? Maybe the no, husband. No, 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 no. no. Do you no, really think me, there's. I don't think there. I don't think there's. If there is, go on, who? Marsha, the sexy wolf oh, she's, woman. She's all. She's I'm all hamming. over it. I'm all over it. She reminded me a little bit of uh, Ollie's favourite. Why don't you marry her, Barbara Steele? She <laughs> definitely had that sort of like uh, Black Sabbath sort of vibe to her. Yeah, when well, she was Do meant to think? be like sexy wolf lady. I just thought some of her moves were a bit like she's been told that she has to be super <laughs> sexy. She didn't actually know. Um, like the the full on. Considering this is like her first feature film i believe or first first sort of role so she was like in an introducing role she was told that while she would do she would be nude it would be tastefully done it would be hidden by the flames and the smoke or whatever then she saw it and like literally full-on everything is on screen not cool, um, not cool. Yeah, she so was, that's kind she of was like not a real expecting dickman. that. Yeah, <laughs> apparently, this is what she says. So she reminds me a little bit of. Um, now you said Marsha, she reminds me a little bit of Marsha from Space. First of all, <laughs> and second of all, she reminds Ow. me of the Wolf Woman from Glow as well. Oh yeah, yeah, I They're, love her. You know what I mean? Like the weird, like the weird, like yeah, like bone necklace and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I was I like, love okay. That. Um, I, I don't know. I think she was fine. I think okay. she was perfectly fine. Okay, well, okay, so the basis of this film is that um, you have uh, Dee Wallace as Karen White, who is a, um, like, a news anchor for um, a, a TV news station. And which, 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 it gives us one of the funniest scenes in the movie as well, when the, the real sort of, like, starched collar, sort of, like, stuffed shirt news anchor oh, like the real old, and he's like doing the he's delivering his lines into the into the mirror yes. and he and he's like, <laughs> and then he comes he's out describing of that saying, he's describing something really horrible as well he's like talking about uh, someone being attacked I can't remember what it is he's talking about but basically and then someone walks in and talks to him and he says something yeah, and then the he fact- snaps immediately back into the same character as well but he has like he has the newscaster voice yeah, yeah. and then when he doesn't he's got like a proper regional accent and yeah. he sounds a bit more common and everything which just made me laugh a bit <laughs> plus like the the head of the the head of the network is there and everything this is kind of a recurring theme throughout the entire film which I'm going to touch on I don't know whether you picked up on it at mm. all but because it's um, there's a lot of women like the the you know the main characters who sort of discover what's going on and who are affected by it and everything are are women and so much of it is just explained away by oh it's just feminine stuff you know crazy crazy women or whatever and then there was one bit where you know she uh she was hunting down a, a serial killer she arranged to meet him in an adult store which Dee Wallace was very uncomfortable about being terribly in. Terribly planned sting operation. Her. Terribly yeah. planned. So she goes in there, she basically gets attacked by this like faceless guy that she's been trailing and he's been giving phone calls, sort of zodiacish phone calls. Um, and uh, 
yeah she's attacked and then she goes back on the air and she's obviously not ready for it and the head of the news station is just like oh, i don't know maybe she's pregnant or something <laughs> and it's just there's just so many of those things throughout it where she they're almost there's a lot of sort of gaslighting you know just like telling her that she's mad when she's not and you're the crazy yeah, one exactly so there's a lot of that throughout the film um but it basically starts out and plays out like it's a serial killer crime um, mystery yeah. bit which i really like which is not so. what i was expecting i was mm. i was really into that kind of like mystery at the start of it like mm -hmm. they're purposefully kind of like obtuse with it they don't really show you what's going on you kind of like get snippets and you have to kind of like piece it together like you're a real a real gumshoe a real <laughs> journalist you know what i mean you like, get to feel like you're a detective yeah yeah a real private dick yes so, a brother Seamus, if you will. Yeah, so you've got this serial killer. Um, they manage to... They they shoot him and, you know, uh, they think that he's dead. They take him off to the morgue and then they find his apartment and that's what you, you touched on earlier. It's just absolutely covered in, like... And they went for the most... <laughs> they, they obviously, like, printed out for the set, like, a ton of different newspaper clippings and stuff. Mm. And so many of them, I can't remember, there were so many that were written down, I can't remember if I wrote any of them down, but they were, like, really funny, but in a yeah. really stupid way, and it was stuff like, the, the the corpse's heels had turned purple or something like that. It's like, <laughs> if you glance at them, they're, they're all so weird, but so, like, intense. You're like, oh, okay. Yeah. And uh, interspersed with, like, drawings of, like, half-human, half-wolf and, like, uh, landscape scenes and stuff, which he had helpfully signed so we knew his name. Yeah, Thanks Eddie. for that. Eddie Quist. Eddie Quist, yeah. Eddie Quist, who's played by another dude. This is the Rob one. Robert Picardo, who, yeah. plays the, who plays the Doctor in Star Trek. Yeah, I was going to say, he's a Star <laughs> Trek guy he is and um, he's in he's in several other things he's in he's just got one of those slightly odd faces that yeah. kind of lends oh, yeah, itself definitely. to stuff but um yeah so the uh karen's um psychiatrist recommends that she goes and stays in this place that he just calls the colony which anything like that where it's just got the before it and it's a place it's a cult get out tends, <laughs> tends to sound pretty terrifying but also quite interesting so yeah. she goes off up there with her with her husband who's useless um and uh rather than it being you know a, what you would expect you know a nice clinical um relaxing yeah. spa type thing it's just literally filled with like hippie types having it, a bonfire party like a on the beach or it's something the, i yeah. don't really understand like the 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 therapy aspect to it mm. other than like being out in nature it does just seem like they're all just sort of like there for a bit of a jolly like they play a bit of tennis yeah they go hunting they don't re there's no like oh yeah we're all gonna sit there's around no and structured. yeah there's there's no like oh yeah we're all gonna sit around and we're gonna have a group a group therapy set it's not like you know like that place then, that don draper goes in the end of mad men yeah it's not like that like the coca-cola <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. i was like expecting it to be like someone was gonna come up well, with a fucking you know <laughs> that was the thing i mean i don't know whether that was like a uh, like a choice um, in the in the film to make it so that it is like it's because it's so far out in the middle of nowhere. Um, once you get there, even if you're like, nope, like I don't like this, then you know you can't really leave easily, and they'd probably stop you from leaving. Mm. So I don't know whether they decided that it wasn't really worth them having this fake cover of like what this place is supposed to be. Yeah. They might as well just like get you in there. 
and then lure you in with you know like barbecue food and sex <laughs> and sexy women you know yeah. and and that will keep you that will keep sexy you sexy wolf women yeah but let's get to the main part okay because i feel like even though one thing i would say that is definitely in its uh in the plus column mm. even when non-werewolf stuff is happening mm. i didn't find myself like bored mm-hmm. like i was you know there's these two kind of side characters who are friends of um of karen's and they're both journalists yeah. and they're both quite likable and you get to go see them doing some fun stuff and they go and have a chat with um, um dick miller dick miller dick miller who is um from murray Mr. futterman from murray Gremlins. yeah murray futterman from gremlin so just like the quintessential grumpy old man yeah and he's also in burbs he's uh, in the burbs which we both love um, another great Joe Dante film uh, and he plays like the garbage man in the burbs he's yeah. like a pawn shop owner in the Terminator oh, and also the guy is um, the guy from Star Trek and Eddie Quist is uh, one of the other garbage men yeah and he's like yeah so one, yeah. he's obviously got like his pool like a stable of, of, actors, of, of, yeah, of actors which I kind of love but yeah, he, he's like the quintessential grumpy old guy. and He, he runs like an occult bookstore. Which, which is, is my great. dream, yeah. my absolute dream. Like that or like Razor Cult books in Ghostbusters yeah. would be my dream. So he, he plays that just as gruff as he does in anything else. You know, you either want, you want it, you buy it or you get out. Yeah. And what you were saying earlier about Forrest J. Ackerman... Yeah, he's, he's one. Of, yeah, he's, he's I, a cameo in the bookstore. I knew... Even... I didn't even have to look it up on IMDb trivia because he... He says something like, "You have to. You're gonna buy that, or you're gonna just read it." Mm. And then he walks out of shot, and then you see him with the famous monsters of movie land, like magazines, like uh, yeah, which is his magazine underneath his, his arm. Yeah. So yeah, I could tell straight away. I was like, "That's him." Yeah, it was great. He, he's also in Brain Dead, right? Yeah, he's yeah. Uh, he's the guy who takes the photo of the Sumatran rat monkey yeah, yeah, yeah. as he's biting. Uh, yeah, yeah. As he's um, biting the, the mother. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, so there's there's a whole bunch of really cool bits in it. They so Terry and Chris are the two people who are like investigating it. So they're friends of Karen, um, and they're investigating. So you've got these two stories that are going sort of side by side, and I really like that. So you've got um, Terry and Chris who are doing their investigation into what's happening. They finally figure it out that you know there's wolfy stuff going on. So they drive all the way up the coast to go to this colony place, um, and they're piecing it all together. Um, one of the only bits that I didn't really get on with here is, uh, Terry, uh, she's wandering around, she makes the connection of what's going on, that, like, Eddie must have been up there, she goes into the doctor's, um, office, starts pulling files out and notices there's lots of people with the name Quist, including Marsha, who's, like, the sexy wolf lady that we were talking about earlier, uh, so she's making the connection, she then gets killed um quite brutally and it's a, Karen, it's a great kill yeah and then karen goes into the office later and considering that you know we've already seen them connecting and like terry was supporting karen while she was going through all the stuff she was going through when terry turned up they had a big old hug and mm. she was like hey good friend which mm. is a bit of a weird thing to say um <laughs> and and everything and then she just walks into the room sees her like completely mangled like blood everywhere or whatever and just sort of goes oh and then just puts a, a blanket like a sheet over her and then that's it i mean it could be down to shock or whatever yeah but i'm gonna normally put it to shock but normally in a film like that where you've got a lot of like dramatic stuff you would be like <gasps> you know like terrified yeah. backing into a corner and then something <laughs> else happens and then um and then later on 
Chris turns up, who's like Eddie, uh, Terry's boyfriend who has been investigating with her. She's called him and has been like, something's happening up here, you have to get up here. And then in between him getting that call and then arriving, she's already dead. And then he's running around at the end and he's just like, he says to Karen, where's Terry? And she's just like, oh, she's dead. And he just goes, he's he's like splashing gasoline everywhere to set the place on fire and he just sort of goes oh yeah like you know like he's not bothered he doesn't stop like you know even at that if point just... i can understand though i'm like i'm setting fire to a barn full of werewolves let's uh let's fucking get we'll the cry le- let's, let's get the lead out yeah um yeah so let's uh let's get to the fireworks factory as we say in the business um what wolves the transformations so the first wolf attack I was thoroughly underwhelmed. The one where um, Karen's husband, Mustache Bill, what was his name? <laughs> oh, Mustache. Bill. Is it Bill? Bill? Yeah. Oh, there we go. <laughs> um, I think his real name's Bill as well. Yeah. So when um, so when he gets attacked in the woods and is the first person that we see mm. starting to turn werewolfy. Yeah. Underwhelmed. I've got to say, he gets kind of like a. It's it's almost like um, ginger snaps, where it's mm. like he gets slashed on the back. There's a little bit of a tussle, and then the wolf goes, and then that's it. Yeah, which is you know fair enough. After that, he likes meat, and yeah. that's how we know. Yeah, he likes meat, which is good because <laughs> he you know mentioned I mean? twice before. Yeah, how he, he he's, a, he's a bit of a vegetarian. Um, but then after that, every other <laughs> wolf sighting or wolf interaction subsequently is incredible mm. including two um transformation sequences which i am gonna i'm gonna say it mm. i'm gonna open up the can of worms better werewolf transformation than american werewolf in london now the interesting thing about that is that um well, this was released in the same year as American Werewolf in London and Rick Baker, the master, was meant to be doing the special effects, practical effects for this, but went on to do American Werewolf in London instead and left this in the hands of his assistant, who is Rob Botan. Which Bo- I th- Botine, I think. Botine. 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 Um, um, and, who and is that. also, obviously, the wizard behind the special effects in The Thing. Yeah. Um, I kind of think these are better okay well we're gonna be i can't remember american werewolf in london is quite far along so we will be reviewing oh it, yeah it's up in the 20s and 30s it's up in the 20s 10s yeah and i've watched it maybe once in my life so um i would need to have a bit of a rewatch. but i think most people uh know american werewolf more than they know the howling oh yeah definitely um like let us know in uh if you go to behind the sofa podcast on instagram or facebook and just let us know um whether you love the howling or you love american werewolf or you I love both I'll, or neither i'll throw up a we people always seem to love the um the poll so i'll chuck up a poll if you prefer the howling you know what to do yeah give me a shout yeah um <laughs> but there's a couple absolutely fantastic transformation sequences yeah. The first one we get is when Marsha and Mustache Bill go out <laughs> into the woods and it's kind of revealed that Marsha was the one that transformed or like attacked him and trans- made him transform and they get get nudie and sexy and in then the they woods. Tu- and then they turn, and they into, turn into wolves, which is amazing, yeah. which is really cool. Obviously, sort of like it was- the, the, old, the old werewolf stories where it's kind of like... Uh, 
the beast within man yeah. all coming out that yeah. carnal but the uh the animation like they've admitted they basically run out of funds by then so they just sort of drew over it like oh yeah right the end. So when they turn into wolves it's just this sort of stuck like drawn out image they of remind, like glowing don't wolves they do, they, don't they do something up. similar in um gremlins uh, i feel like i feel like they do when they're all in the um, is it when when they're running down the street or is it when they're when they're in the cinema there's a bit where they kind of like they do like a little bit of animation over the top of the cell yeah uh, over the top of the film there's and you're the like, flying mm, can... there's the flying gremlin as well oh in two. Oh yeah. no i'm just i'm just talking about one though yeah but um but yeah uh his, other his... than that final shot which is still quite fun yeah <laughs> you know what i mean it but... was absolutely fantastic and but the the main one that we obviously used to talk about is Eddie. the transformation of Eddie Quist. Yeah. So, um He's not he, dead. He's Plot not twist. dead, which is great, which is revealed in a really nice ah, oh, a really <laughs> nice scene where they go down into the morgue, um the two reporters <gasps> yeah. and um the guy ever I love a morgue attendant in a movie. They're always really it's dry. A, it's aren't always they? they've always have to be a bit of a weirdo. <laughs> I always enjoy it. Um so there's this morgue attendant and he goes and shows them tries to show them the body and he opens up the kind of uh the cabinet where the guy has been where Eddie's been. He makes a quip as well but I can't remember what it is. Yeah. I think he like knocks on the door or something and then says something Anyone like, yeah, like yeah, he's got any guests for you or something yeah. <laughs> um but uh <laughs> what's really cool about that is Eddie's disappeared obviously because now we realise werewolves can't be killed by anything except for silver bullets so silver bullets and fire silver bullets and fire so he's you know kind of reanimated um, but and, there's like the scratches on yeah. the door oh, yeah. and it's, it's like, like the best part yeah. so it's like the, so all the inside of the, the kind of like fridge door is like mangled and like been pummeled I was like that's cool that's yeah. very cool but um Eddie's transformation when he go when he's in the doctor's office is so good. Yeah. I just rewatched it now just to kind of like reacquaint myself with yeah. it. And it's got this um very cool like I think they use a lot of like hydraulics yeah, and like air, airbags air, and so- air, what they call like air bladders. So yeah, like yeah. these little sort of bags under the latex which they then puff so it's like but like when that but when his snoot comes out that's the most difficult part that's the hydraulics i yeah. think yeah that's the most difficult part when you think of the werewolf transformation because it's always in profile you see the nose and the mouth turning into the muzzle and, you see and it can be really difficult and... yeah it's like the skin stretching as it's pushing through and it's just so good one of the bits that i really love that i think i wrote down um is the uh the the fingernails were my favorite yeah, yeah the same i, I wrote it, it happens as well. in two separate parts of the film where they're transforming and you just see it from the back so obviously they've got it I'm, I'm still not quite sure how they do it but they've literally got you just see these fingernails extend into claws like just pull out all at the same time out of his fingers and i was like that's so cool mm. so if anyone knows how to do that uh behind the sofa podcast on instagram yeah. or facebook come and let <laughs> us know how they managed to do that or are they real werewolves we don't know i think so. real werewolves okay. that's the, the one okay. um but yeah that whole sequence is so good yeah um, the one thing that I think American Werewolf probably has going for it over this yeah. is it all takes place it, from my memory of it and the, the reason why everyone always heralds it as like the most incredible special effects it all takes place like in a brightly lit room yeah whereas this in is like, like an apartment yeah somewhere. yeah like well, you know what I mean with like with bulbs everything's the, it's lit up like a normal room this is like they're obviously going for the moody sort of like it's night time 
the lights a little on bit outside of moonlight room, coming yeah. through the window. But for the most part, it's like things are obscured. Um, but I don't know, just saying about the overall effect of it mm. is so good. Um, Rob Bottin, I think, is just like one of the best. Mm-hmm. One of the absolute yeah. best. It's crazy. You know, when you think about it as well, 1981, The Howling. 1982, The Thing. Mm-hmm. You know, this is like, here's a man who is at the very pinnacle of his game. Yeah. Um, creating some of the most incredible creature effects you've ever seen yeah. in your entire life. Well, one of the bits as well was um, with... Uh terry when she goes into like um marsha's cabin and discovers all the things that like connect everything she discovers another room that's like eddie's apartment with the Mm. drawings and the paper clip newspaper clippings and stuff on the wall she then gets attacked Mm. by a uh like a werewolf uh who's fully changed grabs an axe chops his arm off and then the arm transforms from a werewolf limb into a human arm and hand and it's still moving and it's so good like it's so it's such clever effects like i was absolutely glued to it it was just yeah i was um when i saw the very first um well transformation the one with uh bill and marsha in the woods where they're having sex yeah i was a little bit kind of um i was i was scared that it wasn't going to live up to that the the full Mm. you know like my expectations of it like it was it looked so cool that i was like can the rest of the movie really kind of like reflect what they've just done or is it kind of like they've shot all the money into this one or two transformation scene yeah but then after that it's not like they go to the barn and it's kind of revealed the whole the colony is basically like a werewolf cult like a pack yeah and they all kind of like live there and they're kind of trying to hide themselves a little bit so they don't get discovered by humanity um, whereas some of them are like, oh fuck that, we'll just go and we'll take over and we'll, you know, we'll all be werewolves. Yeah, everyone in the whole world will be a werewolf, and then it would be boring, I guess. What would happen then? They all just kind of like, no, nah, there'd be like different packs, yeah, and then they so. rage war on each other. And Is there a so. werewolf like movie that's like a zombie one where it's like the whole world's been taken over by werewolves? I wonder if that's a know. thing. If not, normally it's meant get, to get be the me, struggle. Hollywood. The struggle in humanity and, uh, you know, struggling with this new side of you, yeah. whether you're going to embrace it or not, and whether it's a bad thing or a good thing, or, you know, how you can control it and everything. So the idea of it being like a pack mind doesn't usually happen. It's normally mm. just like one or two that are like drifting through town. So the idea of having a pack of werewolves, I don't think like there's been soldiers? a lot of something. Yeah. Dog soldiers, I remember there was like a bunch of werewolves. Yeah. This, I, I've not, it's been a while since I've seen that movie. To be fair, I don't think I've seen that many werewolf films, so I think I'll probably we'll do a little bit of research. We'll find a, a little list of the top werewolf movies, which <laughs> probably be this and American Werewolf in London and that's Dog about Soldiers it. Yeah, and, Dog and Soldiers. Ginger Snaps. Yeah, and if you put Twilight on there, then you're not allowed yeah, to play. Yeah. So is, you're disqualified. Yeah. But anyway, what so what I was what I was saying was I was worried that the rest of the movie was not going to live up to the promise and the kind of like high standards that Joe Dante and Rob Bottin and the whole crew had set out with those two transformations but to be fair to them when they you know when they start getting to the finale where the the um the guy turns up with the with the rifle with the silver bullets yeah. and it's discovered that the colony is kind of like a, a werewolf cult they don't fucking skimp on it they have like five six seven eight different werewolves all in full makeup yeah different stages of transformation they're interacting with people there's shit going on 
there's action. It's great. It's so good. It's such a great like finale. Like the attack in the car where they're yeah. driving and everything. It's yeah, it's so good. But um, one of one of the only bits that I have a question about, and a lot of people have kind of said the same thing, is that considering that Karen's spoilers, obviously, uh, Karen's transformation at the end because she gets bit um, and realizes that she's becoming a werewolf and decides to sort of not embrace it but like decides to tell the world of the existence of werewolves on on live tv transforms on live tv but ends up looking more like fizzgig from dark crystal <laughs> rather than like an actual creature she's got like so, a slightly softer sort of yeah well i'm wondering whether they made that decision it was either a budgetary choice or they made that decision because they were like they wanted it to be you know that throughout all of this she has been you know like uh, a good kind gentle person yeah um and they didn't want her to be this terrifying creature because you would automatically have fear or dislike this creature and you wanted her to still be uh relatable or likable in a way but mm. like she transforms and then is like immediately shot live on air and everyone's like oh that's some cool special effects don't know why they did that that was weird and, and then, then it, I love the old guy in the bar who's like, "No one's a special effects. That was a werewolf." Yeah, they caught, they shot her mid transformation. I was like, "Oh wow!" He knows. <laughs> yeah. But that made me think of like, um, like Lost Boys, where they were, um, uh, you know, one thing I never liked about this town: too many damn vampires. Yeah. And it just made me think of that. Like, there are people well, out th- there who the know. ending I think is fantastic. It leaves it open, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, but so it's good. but like they have that that the the great kind of like song playing over the um burger. the burger being <laughs> fried up and I was like every they're all just meat, you know it what I mean? I was forever, like though, I was like it's it? great. I think and I really it reminded me almost of um like invasion of the body snatchers. Mm. Like, like what's next? Yeah, like what's next? Like a really cool cliffhanger that kind of like subverts what you were expecting to happen and then it's got that once again like i said that burger being fried off it's got that cool subversive joe dante dark humor that i have come to know and love when i really think about it joe dante is like really fucking shit hot yeah like the the burbs is one of my favorite movies i it's one of the most underrated comedies going I absolutely love it. We watch it at and, least and, twice a year, I reckon. Yeah, though. and Gremlins as well. Yeah. It's just so fantastic. The Hole is one of his... Is it Holes? What's that other movie he's done? That's like a Disney-ish one, isn't it? I can't no. remember. There was like The Hole and the ho- Holes. I think, it's called, I think it's called The Hole. It's not the the shitty not the Thora, Thora Birch, Birch one. one. Um, <laughs> let me see. You keep... T- you, you go on. You say okay, something well, yeah, now. Some, I- <laughs> some of the bits in there that I really loved as well, like there's loads of... And Joe Dante does does this a lot in, in his films and I absolutely love it, is when you have like a sort of director connection or a director trademark and everything. Yeah. And there's a lot of things where it, like throughout this entire film, like someone must have painstakingly gone through and just written down everything. But I grabbed a few that I spotted. There's ones like... Um, uh, the book that Bill's reading in bed after he uh, after he gets bitten or after he transforms is um, I think it's you can never you can never go home again by Thomas Wolfe and it's about him Wolf. not being able to go home again and then also Wolf Brand Chili Wolf Brand Chili um, on the on the side you see a uh, a copy of Howl by Allen Ginsberg you see um, you know so many things related to wolves and the moon and everything. Um, 
there's also the smiley face sticker which shows up in gremlins i believe um and uh you know just like all these little nods that are either related to his other films or anything to do with wolves or werewolves that is in there you're just missing like a sweet uh, wolf fleece jacket or <laughs> yeah. airbrushed van somewhere teen wolf yeah. right so <laughs> I've got some movies here that he's directed so Piranha mm-hmm. Rock and Roll High School yeah um, the uncredited I wonder if he hated it so it's not a great movie I've got to say you loved it when we watched Did it I? yeah the Ramones one you oh, really enjoyed it I know it's got P- my Ollie's Honey PJ, PJ Souls. Uh, one one time when Jess and I first started going out, I remember saying to her, "I used to have a massive crush on PJ Souls from Halloween." Just pretty, she gets topless. She gets in boobies Halloween. out, and I was yeah. about ten years old when I saw it. I was like, <laughs> so I think I'm in love. Um, and ever since then, Kesha has been like, "Oh, your girlfriend, PJ Souls." Um, so yeah, uh, we're, we're totally comfortable in our marriage. By yeah, way. it's fine. Rock and Roll High School, The Howling, two episodes of Police Squad. Oh wow! The Twilight Zone movie, oh. Gremlins. Yep. Skipping a few here. Inner Space. Yeah. Oh my god, that freaked me out when I was a kid. The Burbs. Uh, Gremlins two. Eerie Indiana. Five episodes. I loved Eerie Indiana. And then last one that I can see. Oh, Small Soldiers. Okay. Small Soldiers. Wow. I think that was. Tro- I thought say Troy McClure. I think that yeah. was um, Phil Hartman's last movie. But there you go. Okay. Um, I feel like we've gone completely <laughs> off the rails no, no, no. here. Um, we've been talking about it for a while now. I don't. There's not loads more to say. No. It's not like a super deep movie. I think it's a really fun, enjoyable. This is the sort of movie um, that if I'd seen when I was eighteen, nineteen, would be like a firm favourite. Yeah. I would. I. I can imagine watching this with my buddies, getting drunk, having a good laugh. Yeah, you know I mean, it's funny. There's some fucking great, great special effects, but it's not dumb. Yeah, you know I mean, no. it's not like boring. It's not like some of those movies where it's not. This movie could be society. That's when true. You, when you it's really true. think about it, this is the movie that society could have been, or with a lesser director, you know, The Howling could have been what society became. Yeah, it's some really incredible, fucked up special effects. <laughs> And they managed to kind of craft a, an enjoyable story around it with some really cool, funny performances and some really off-kilter black comedy in there as well. Um, it's not boring. There's only one or two scenes I was like, come on, let's just uh, let's let's move it on here. Yeah. But you know, I th- I, I I really enjoyed it. Good. I've got to say, <laughs> the the endings reminded me of some of the best endings we've come across as well. Like Reanimator, uh, which I still think is still still the best. Yeah. Reanimator and uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, I think, are both two really, and and I think this has got that sort of nihilistic kind of like what's to come. Yeah. Kind of vibe to it, which I really enjoyed. Yeah. So I think out there, if anyone's uh, currently writing or directing or creating horror movies, then basically, for most for the most part. If you can leave it with like an ambiguous, yeah. open-ended ending where shit could continue to go down, also gives you the option to create a sequel, which is generally not. There are great, lots of sequels to The Howling as well. Apparently, really suck. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, do you think that this then belongs on the list? Yeah, definitely. Okay. It's it's definitely better than some of the movies we've watched. Is it going to go like up in the 
is it going to keep on going up from where you know from where we are right now no probably not there are movies that we've watched so far that i've enjoyed more mm-hmm. um but this is this is a great movie <laughs> you know i mean just yeah. ju- if you just took it on the the strength of the two um well transformation scenes it deserves to be on the list yeah but then it's got other stuff going for it as well you get some good creepy like 80s horror movie vibes in there as well you know what i mean yep. there's a lot of moonlight smoke machine you know what i mean once again this is like the fog like the the, the smoke machine the man. organ yeah you've got scary organ music as well which i love yeah the, so. the fog machine man was uh was raking it in yeah. like he could he, he could afford to send his uh kids to college i kind of want a fog machine just to have around the house you know just, just while we're recording no yeah. one can see it just us yeah every now like, and again just like a <laughs> and you're like everyone at home knows like Oh man, must be real but creepy imagine, looking in there right now. Imagine making an entrance into a room with fog with fog machine behind you. Like the Undertaker. Yeah, I want to do that. Yeah, <laughs> I want to do that all the time. I want to have like acolytes with like flaming torches, yeah. create an arch in front of me, fog in fog behind me. That's how I'm going to enter a room. For Peanut now. could be like your pool bearer. Oh, oh Peanut. <laughs> but um. I think one of the other bits that I was talking about with the, with the the nods or the cameos that made me laugh as well was um, there's one bit at the very the very very start where Karen is taking a phone call from Eddie to go and to go and uh, meet him before he attacks her, and um, she walks she walks out of the phone booth and the next guy to come in behind her is Roger Corman. Oh yeah, because Joe Dante and Roger Corman used to, well, Joe Dante used to work for Roger Corman. I think um, he got him, got, him, got him his start in yeah. The so so industry. if anyone if anyone's not familiar with Roger Corman, he uh like he he created and uh, and made a bunch of films, did a whole bunch of stuff in Hollywood. Yeah, a bunch of films is probably a bit of an understatement. I think yeah. he's probably one of the most prolific directors. Yeah. But he uh he also I think he created did he do a book that was like um how to how to make a fortune or how to make successful films in Hollywood without losing a dime yeah. or something. Like that, so uh, and uh, it's kind of like a precursor to kind of uh, like Lloyd Kaufman and all those kind of like shoestring budget do it yourself guys, yeah. So he, uh, but it was not that he didn't have the money or he didn't have the money to start with, but then when he did have the money, he still continued with that very um penny pinching kind of way, which they alluded to in the film by having the guy having him his character walk into the phone booth and immediately go to the coin the coin bit at the bottom to see if there was any change in there <laughs> and it's great. just this tiny nod that like no one else is going to notice unless you know who he is and you know what he's about yeah and it's just you know otherwise it's just a guy you know mm. so i love that like if you know what to look for there's so much in here that you can spot that mm. it just makes like makes it a bit funnier or yeah. um did this movie shit you up <sighs> it didn't shit me up but it kept me uh entertained throughout like you said there was no part of it where i was just like come on i'm a bit bored now i let me you know get to the get to the werewolf bit i was enjoying the build-up i was enjoying the mystery of it because it's not immediately clear like what's going on you know yeah. you start thinking you know you're not sure who's on what side who's secretly a werewolf that, I, I definitely knew the doctor was a werewolf like straight straight really? away i didn't know you know like she becomes friends with like another woman at the mm. um I didn't know that she was going to be a werewolf, for example. Mm. But for the most part, I was like, the Doctor's 100% a werewolf. (laughs) 100%. Yeah. It didn't shit me up, but it did give me exactly what I was looking for. That cool 80s vibe, amazing special effects, 
some really funny lines. Yeah. I think it 100% deserves a spot in the list. So, uh, yeah. You got any other uh, any other factoids for no, us? that's pretty much it, I oh, believe. Cool. Um, I agree. I think it should be on the list. So, when we get to the reshuffle episodes, I think we'll be sticking that and hopefully the yeah, witch we, on we there as well. To ask. We didn't really ask about, like, did it shit you up with the witch and did uh, does it deserve a spot on the list? Yes and yes. Yes and yes. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm pretty sure everyone could have guessed that. Yeah, so uh, anyone who hasn't listened, please go and check out my choice. This one was Ollie's off-list choice and uh, The Witch from 2015 by Robert Eggers, who recently did The Lighthouse. So uh, if you enjoyed The Lighthouse, um, please go and listen to our episode or go and check out the movie because it's excellent. Oh, and then we had and... The Prince of Darkness as well, which is a listener <gasps> listener choice. Oh, yeah, we did. We had a, a few a good people, movie. We had a few people recommending that. It's just, yeah. yeah, it's just John Carpenter, just John Carpenter, yeah. everything, basically. Um, so, yeah, thanks so much for listening. Um, what we're going to be doing is we usually, when the world is a normal place, we're releasing every Monday. For the moment, what we're doing, because uh, I'm I'm currently working. There and, was a lot of grand yeah. talk at the beginning of this lockdown of like we're going to be putting out a pod every day. Don't whether you come right now. It's just like <laughs> when we can do it. Yeah. So what we're going to do is we're still going to have a weekly episode. Um, we're going to try our best to make it Mondays, but what we uh, it, it's likely that it will be. Uh, one a week on like a random day when we have the opportunity to sit down, watch, review, and then record and post. Um, so what we would recommend you doing is wherever you're listening, um, whether that's we're on Podbean, we're on Spotify, we're on iTunes, we're on Google Podcasts, we're on a whole bunch of other places. So if you have a favorite podcatcher, then um, have a look on there and see if we're on there. Chances are we are. If we're not, let us know. Uh, and just make sure that you've subscribed uh, to get notifications when the new episodes are up or follow us on Instagram and Facebook on Behind the Sofa Podcast uh, to find out what we're reviewing next and when it's out. Talking of which, what are we reviewing next? Oh my God, it's been so long. Do you want us to do, can we do another recommendation one rather than having you scroll through the I quite like the you idea do, of getting back to the list you want to go we've back to the list couple, okay we've had, we've had, I think we've had at least three weeks yeah, of like non-list yeah, stuff so weeks, now so I'm gonna start talking while Kirsty <laughs> looks through the list and <laughs> finds out what we're gonna be reviewing next we are reviewing 1957's Night of the Demon Night of the Demon which I thought you said you'd seen um, no, Night of the Hunter, I think, is the one I've ah, seen. Ah, yeah, which, the, is which, also which is also on the list. That's yeah. the one I've seen. Night of the Demon, I have no idea. Okay, so, um, oh, all this sounds good. So it's a Jacques Tourneur okay. um, director, and the blurb on, on the interwebs is, uh, Dr. John Holden travels to London to attend a paranormal psychology conference to expose devil cult leader Julian Carswell. A turn That's of, almost like mine. <laughs> a turn of events change Holden's perception. Oh, okay. So um, the bits that the little bits that I've read about this, um, people really enjoy it. It's one of those ones which I think could possibly be like a foundation piece for films that came after it. Mm-hmm. Uh, quite possibly, sort of film schooly type uh, movie. But if you've seen it. Um, or if you're interested in seeing it then let us know chances are we'll be able to find it somewhere where you'll be able to watch it so please make sure that you're following us on socials to find out where you can see it yeah what are those socials Uh, behind the sofa podcast on Instagram and Facebook just as Peanut decides to have a big gulp of water and starts honking werewolf 
Paul Bearer. <laughs> she, heard, she heard my Paul Bearer comment. And she's like, oh. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, thanks so much for listening. Yeah. Um, please make sure that you're listening in and stay in, stay at home and watch scary movies. Yeah. Uh, only wash your hands if they're covered in... I don't know where I'm going with this. Blood. No, no. just werewolf. wash your hands regularly. Just wash your hands regularly. Don't only blood. wash them if they're covered in blood. Please don't get your hands covered in blood. That's, we're, we're recommending that. So, <sighs> yeah. So. I've been stuck at home for a long time. I've not had anyone to talk to. <laughs> right. Um, fantastic. Right. Well, uh, I think that's it from yeah. us. So from behind the sofa... Good night.